I do feel like I have a word this morning, and I know we've gone a little late. And God's word will keep. But uh, if I could have, if you would lend me a few minutes this morning, I would like to share with you a word from the Lord this morning, if that's all right. I feel like it is. In the same vein, but the Krantz lesson this morning, so good, talked about understanding. Brother Monks, in the prayer over the offering, prayed for understanding. And I don't know that I've ever heard, I've heard Brother Monks give us a word and tell us something that was on his heart while he was praying over the offering, but I don't know that I've ever heard Someone praying over the offering, be moved in such a way like you were this morning, Brother Monks, to stop and to give us a word from God, and then continue right on with the offering. That was beautiful. That was wonderful. Thank you, Brother Monks and others for being sensitive to the Holy Ghost today. I I just want to be sensitive. I want to be in the will of God. Because I want to be saved, and I want my kids to be saved. I want my, my family right here to be saved, and I want those that are lost to be saved. We know it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should. There was a pastor that went on a deep-sea fishing trip, and the boat began to sink. I don't think this is a true story. I heard the stories, and I don't believe it to be true. It's just a story. But as they were... There, the boat began to sink, and the pastor stepped forward, and he told the captain, he said, Captain, I'm a pastor, and, and I really know how to pray. To which the captain responded, that's great. It's so great to have you here. He said, you pray while the rest of us put on our life jackets, because we're one short. Can I tell you, there are enough life jackets in the church, but you better have it on when the world goes under. And we are living in the last days. Above all else, I must be saved. First Chronicles chapter 12, we'll read verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip down to verse 32 because I don't have time to read all of these names. Now these are they that came to David to Ziglag while he kept... He yet kept himself close because of Saul, the son of Kish. And they were among the mighty men, helpers of the war. They were armed with bows and could use both the right hand and the left hand in hurling stones. They were amazing, mighty men of valor. And shooting arrows out of the bow, even of Saul's brethren of Benjamin. And then you can read down through there and you'll see a lineage of mighty men. You'll see a whole list of names of men that did great exploits and were part of David's mighty men of valor. But verse 32, when you get down to verse 32, says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the time, to know what Israel ought to do. And the heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. But the children of Issachar, relatives there, Issachar 
by name had four sons. And I want to talk to us this morning about the sons, children of Issachar. Lord, help me for the next few minutes, God, to impart your truth, your word. And God, help us to receive what you, God, have for us this morning. I can't do it but myself. Without you, it's sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. But I pray the unction of the Holy Ghost will move upon us and give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated. You can find in numerous places in the Old Testament stories and great exploits about David's mighty men of valor. People like Joshua, who killed 800 men during one battle with just his spear. Stories about Abishai, who killed 300 in one battle with just a spear. That's pretty amazing. Those dudes were some bad dudes. You find Eleazar, who stood his ground when others fled around him. While fighting the Philistines, he continued to fight throughout the entire day until his hand, the Bible says it clave or it was frozen. They had to pry the sword from his very fingers. Eleazar, a mighty man of valor. And then there was Benaiah, or Benaiah, a man of many exploits. He was the personal, uh, he was the leader of David's personal bodyguard. You can read through there. Benaiah was David's uh, closest uh, bodyguard. He was in charge of David's protection. He was perhaps best knowing by while it was snowing to going down into a pit just to kill a lion by himself. He was a bad dude. And I mean bad is in the 80s bad. He was an awesome dude. Benaiah, he struck down the two champions at the same time of Moab. The champions, they're the very best that they had. He took on both of their champions at the same time and beat them. He took a spear out of the hands of an Egyptian with his own hands and killed the Egyptian with the guy's own spear. Benaiah was... A mighty man of war and of valor. And you can read through this text, but I, I think if you go down and you find it down there in verse 32, I think perhaps some of David's or perhaps David's greatest men of valor were the very sons of Issachar. Because the Bible says that they were men that not only could fight and not only did exploits, but they were men that had an understanding of the times. And knew what Israel ought to do at the right time. And what this church and this world needs more than anything, as it was said, Brother Kranz so eloquently said it this morning, and what Brother Monks talked about, and it was actually mentioned already during the service, but what we need is an understanding of the times that we are living in. Proverbs 4 and 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, and forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Brother Krantz said it like this. He gave us this line. He said it in the 10 o'clock. Understanding is the wellspring of life. 
Amen. With all our getting, we have got to have an understanding of God's Word, of God's will, and how it applies to us in this day and age. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 55, he said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But what we need to pray for and fast for is to have a fresh revelation of God's, amen, understanding and wisdom that He would love to bestow to us. We need a fresh revelation of the significance of godly understanding. In Matthew 13, uh, it's a quite quite a chapter. There's a lot to be found. The, the wheat and the tares and the fire and the bundling and the angels and throwing them into the, into the fire and all. There's a lot to read and find in Matthew 13. But in verse 18 of Matthew 13, Jesus said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then come, comes the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by the wayside. In verse 42 on down, he, he was referring to those who did not have understanding. They were cast into a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. We have got to have an understanding of the day and age that we are living. We need to understand and have, a, have an understanding of what it will take to be saved. How we can live a life and that's overcoming in Christ here and also to live a life that will help us to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We need the Lord to open. I need the Lord to open my understanding. You think about the disciples. They walked with Jesus for three and a half, some of them three and a half years. They, they saw Jesus do great miracles. And they heard all of the parables. And they, they were there when he, he turned the water, well, not the water to wine, but they were, they were there when they, they fed the 5,000 and then another 4,000. When he walked on the water and when he would tell all these stories and parables, they were there and they, they heard Jesus speak all these things. They saw him heal the, the blind, the deaf, the lame, the dumb, the, dumb the, the, the lepers. They saw for their own eyes and yet, even after the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Jesus, a resurrected Savior, is walking and talking and spending time with, with the disciples. And even at one time, Paul writes in over in 1 Corinthians, he said, at one time there were over 500 that were there witnessing Jesus, the resurrected Christ. And yet... You would think after all of that and seeing and walking with Jesus, the Bible says that just before Jesus ascended on Mount Transfiguration, just before He ascended up into the clouds, He, he says, these are the words which in Luke 24, 44, which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, and that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me, everything has been about me. Everything in the Old Testament is about me. Everything that's going to be in the New Testament, it all points to me, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. And verse 45, Jesus said, Then, or, then open he their 
understanding that they might understand the scriptures God I pray for a fresh understanding that we can look at it with a topical view but we can look at it with an exegetical view and exegesis and look at it and say what does thus saith the word of God mean for my life talking about the exegesis to the Search the scriptures. Our salvation depends upon understanding. It does not depend on how well I can sing or how well one can play the piano or the keyboard or the drums. What's going to save us is an understanding, a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. An understanding that there is one God. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's still one baptism. There's one God of all. He said, or the Bible says in Luke, he wrote, Luke said, then opened he, Jesus, their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. What's his name? <coughs> Jesus among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. <laughs> That's why Peter could stand up with the eleven on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What was Peter at? He had the keys to the kingdom. What he had was understanding. And just before Acts 2.38, sometimes we go straight to that. He just a few verses later, he just preached to some really devout Jews who said, "This. let me tell you about who Jesus is. Let me give you some understanding This same Jesus whom you crucified is both Lord and Christ. And they were pricked in their heart. What happened? They got some understanding. And when they got understanding, they received a word from God. I want to have an op open mind. That to, 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 that's an openness and a willingness to, to get understanding, godly understanding. What was the difference in Peter? The difference was he had understanding. Think about that. Here's Jesus walking with them. <clears throat> They're in the presence of God. Power of the Holy Ghost hadn't yet happened. Acts 2 hadn't happened yet. You got Peter and the disciples. Let me kind of give you the picture. Here they're walking with Jesus. He's already resurrected. He, they're in his presence. But then he ascends. He's gone. The presence of God is has gone. He's left. The power hasn't fallen yet. They're not in the presence. They haven't received the power. I'm fixing to preach to somebody this morning. You may find yourself in a situation that feels you can't feel the Lord. In my notes, I got Job in the right hand and the left hand, and that was said right up here during the service this morning. 
you may feel like you don't feel the presence. But I'm glad, Brother Kranz, I don't live by just what I feel or what I think or what I believe that was on one of your slides, but what is. <laughs> I don't always feel and I don't always see the hand of God stepping in on the scene. So in between what I, what I feel and what I'm expecting God and believing God to do, I can stand in my understanding that he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He'll always be with me. I may not feel the power. I may not even feel the presence. So I'm just going to be still and know that he is still God. Oh, somebody give him praise. There are seasons in life when it is our understanding of his word that keeps us when we don't feel his presence and when we don't feel the power. Yet, it is our understanding that we are exactly where God wants us to be. We may not feel the power. We may not see the hand of God working. But we still have understanding that God is still on the throne. And we are still the people of God. Job's wife and friends said, why don't you just curse God? Why don't you give up and die? And Job said, I'm paraphrasing. He said, you don't understand. Behold, I go forward. He is not there and backward. And I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. I don't always see the hand of God moving. don't always know how he's going to work things out. But I have an understanding. I have an understanding. All things. <laughs> All things work together, Romans 8. I've got an understanding that if I trust in God with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct my paths, my paths. If I have that kind of understanding, I'll see the power of God. I'll get to dwell again in the presence of the Lord. We need to understand this morning in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven there's a time to plant there's a time to to pluck up the key to faithfulness in every season is understanding under everybody say understanding the key to success or fruitfulness is us having an understanding of the season that we are in don't pluck up when it's time to plant Don't plant when it's time to harvest. Don't make peace when it's time to war. Don't be complacent when it's time to get down on your knees and pray and fast. You need to understand the season that you're living in. Don't run when God says walk. Don't walk when God says run. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You need to have an understanding of the season that you're in. Some people look at us as Pentecostals, as apostolics, just as Christians in general. And sometimes they question or even yet criticize our relationship with God and 
what we do for the Lord and our faithfulness to God and the house of God and the things of God. But they just don't understand. They just don't know like we know. The book of Esther, talking with Brother Allspaw before service, and he mentioned this line. I said, that's pretty cool. It's in my notes this morning. For such a time as this. Don't always know how God's going to work things out and how he can put things together. But he has a way of putting things together like they need to be put together. He has a way of calling people and connecting people and drawing people and setting. Because he likes to use people for, for the fulfillment of his purpose. And that's the saving of souls. Praise God. Mordecai came to Esther in Esther 4 for the... If thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Thank God for that Mordecai had an understanding of the times. You can read through Esther and... You, you, you'll never read the name of God. Some people question, about the, some people question the entire book of, of Esther because you don't find the name of God mentioned. He's not alluded there. But you can't tell me that they weren't in the will of God. God was at work. Even if you don't feel Him. <laughs> I'm telling you, God's still at work. His left hand, you got Haman building some gallows for Mordecai and the Jews, but yet Haman was hung from the very gallows that he had built for somebody else. Mordecai had a deeper understanding. Think about Peter. Story in Acts chapter 12. James has been done in. Andrew's brother has been killed by the sword by Herod. They take Peter, they put him in stocks and bonds in the prison. Matter of fact, they place him in the dungeon in Acts 12 between two soldiers with the intent of killing Peter in the morning. You know what Peter does? He does something I probably wouldn't feel too comfortable doing. He laid down and just went right to sleep. He was fast asleep. That means, to my, in my, my translation, is that means he went to sleep really fast. My dad could do that. He could go fast asleep. My mom told him one time, said, turn out the light. He rolled over, turned out the light, and he went to sleep with his hands stuck up in the air. I don't know anybody could go to that fast asleep, but he, he could go to sleep fast. It's the truth. guess my dad had the spirit of Peter because he went fast asleep. How in the world could Peter could be laying there sleeping between two soldiers in a dungeon? They're getting ready to kill you in the morning. I don't think, I don't, would a single one of us have that same response? We'd have been crying and praying, Jesus, you got me in this, get me out. I, but here, here's something. This is why I kind of feel like Peter could just go to sleep. Because previously, Jesus had a conversation with Peter. And we read about that in John 21, verse 18 and 19. 
He said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou... Hold on. You just said, I'm going to get to be old. Peter had an understanding. The world may say, Herod may say, But you don't understand, I've got a promise from the Lord. I can put my head down on a pillow and go to sleep because my trust is in the promises of God. And as Pentecostal, apostolic, born-again believers, we can put our head on a pillow and trust that it... Because I've got an understanding that to be absent in body, Brother Cotton, is to be present with the Lord. He said, Peter, when you're old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands. He's talking about being crucified. And another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. You, would, you don't want to go that way. But you're going to go that way when you're old. So here's Peter. I might as well take a little nap because you're going to try to get me with the sword. But Jesus said, number one, I'm going to be able to get old before I go. And number two, I'm going to be stretched on a cross or stretched somehow. And it ain't going to be by a sword. So I'm taking a nap. Because I've got an understanding. You need to have an understanding of the promises of God in your life. You need to have an understanding of who you are as a child of the king. You need to understand the power. You greater is he that's in us than either. But do we have an understanding? Do we walk in that understanding? The Bible says the light shines. The angel has to come. Hey, Peter, wake up. Dude, I was sleeping good, man. Hey, Peter. The angel says, hey, chains come off. Hey, Peter. Put your shoes on. I'll get the door. He said, I'll open the door to your miracle, but it's up to you to walk through it. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Angel said, I'll open the door. I'll give you your miracle, but you got to do something. Put on the shoes. I'll open the door to your miracle, but you got to walk through it. I wonder how many times... Uh, God has already gone before us and opened the door. And He's just waiting on us to praise right on through it. Because Peter had an understanding. I'm out of here. God has bigger and better plans for me. <laughs> I've already got a promise. I'm going to get to get old. Man, if 
they'd have had skydiving, Peter would have been there. I would love to go skydiving. I really would. I think it would be an adrenaline. Brother Kranz, have you ever jumped out of a plane? Was it fun? Be, tell the truth now. Were you scared at least a little bit? When, <laughs> amen. I, anybody else ever skydived? Crazy people. I would love to go skydiving. But it would probably tell us, go, Brother Rojas, ready to go. You first. <laughs> But I don't want to tempt the Lord or the ground. But if I had an understanding, if I knew God said, you go to the sky and nothing's going to happen, and you're going to be just fine. I, let's go, man. Let's do this. But I ain't got that good of understanding that that parachute's going to absolutely open, and we're going to absolutely come to the ground, and we're going to be okay when we get to the ground. Therefore, you know what? I'd love to have a motorcycle. I think that would be so much fun. To have the bugs splat in your teeth. I, I think that would be just the coolest thing, to just feel the wind, the breeze, just the freedom. And, and you know what? And I don't really doubt, but my cousin's here. They, if there's anybody that can ride a motorcycle, this guy can ride a motorcycle. Of course, he can drive. He used to race cars and motorcycles. He probably still drives like he races cars and motorcycles. But I would love to do that. But here's the thing. I don't trust everybody else out on the road. If I'm the only one driving, I'd have a motorcycle. But I don't trust because I've seen too many accidents. I've seen what happens. You know, I've seen the, the, never mind what I've seen. I've just seen some nasty, gross stuff. And you know what? I don't, I have an understanding. The bad things happen when between a motorcycle and a car. Therefore, I don't have a motorcycle. Please don't buy one for my grandsons. I'm just throwing that out there. I know Bryson rides a motorcycle and right now I'm, I get it. I know. It's fun. It's great. Man, I hold on in a golf cart. Brother Cabin, I rode the golf cart with the cabins from over here to over here that day. I reached up, I grabbed a hole, just in case. I grabbed a hole when my wife's driving too, but that's a different story. <laughs> well, if you had the understanding that I had, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. What we need right now in this day and age is we need a, a baptism of understanding of the times that we are living in and what we ought to do. The sons of Issachar had an understanding of what, what they ought to do, how they ought to live, when to go to war, when not. James 4 and 14, whereas you know that what shall come beyond the morrow? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We are running out of time. We do not have all the time in the world. And I'm telling you, the end of time will be right on time when God says it's time. We need to live like God's coming back today. And plan like God's not going to come back. 
Because we've been saying that for 2,000 years for another 30, 40, or 50 years. We need to be smart about it. But I am looking around at the, end, at the times, and I, feel, I know we're living in the, the end times. 1 Corinthians 7, he said, Brethren, the time is short. Even the devil knows. He has great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. Praise God. Colossians 4 says, Redeem the time. Those that, in 2 Thessalonians 1, those that obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that in flaming fire, they'll, be, they'll, they'll go to a flaming fire and everlasting destruction and be punished because they did not obey the gospel. To say, well, God's a good God. He wouldn't send anybody to hell. He gives you an opportunity to obey or not to obey. It is a choice that everyone has. And I'm, I'm trying to close. I, I've already gone too long. But Thank you, Brother Lucas. That's my, be, that's my buddy right there, man. That's my preaching buddy. Hey, he said I could. So. I was looking and doing a little study on the sons of Issachar. I found that he had four sons. One, first one was Tola kind of an interesting name Tola the Bible says he was one of the sons he had understanding his name <laughs> I went back you know that exegesis to look back what's the original meaning in Arabic in the Old Testament his name is, means scarlet red I thought hmm he had an understanding of sacrifice Maybe it's a little play on words, but thankful for an understanding that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Thankful that I have an understanding there's nothing that can save, save Jesus Christ, the cross. Thankful that there's power in the blood, that there's life in the blood. Ephesians 1, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and understanding and prudence. Second son's name was Puva. It means to radiate and illuminate. We need an understanding like Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 13 and 9. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. John 12, 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day. Luke 12, 35, let your loins be girt about and your lights burning. Talked about the ten virgins, the five wives, and the five foolish. The five wives had oil in their lamps. They were radiating. They were illuminating. Praise God. Psalms 34 and 5 says it like this. Those who look to Him are radiant. Uh, Puva's name what means to look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed Matthew 5 16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven Ephesians 5 15 see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil verse 17 wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's not His will that any should perish, 
but it's His will that you should all be saved. The third son of Issachar. Only two more to go and we'll be done. Shimron, which literally means to keep or to guard. We need to have an understanding that if we're going to make it, we have to keep our guard up. We have to keep our watch. 2 Timothy 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. But Luke 21, Jesus said, Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Matthew 7, Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. We need to keep guard and keep our watch. I'm thankful we found the straight and narrow, but I want to stay on the straight and narrow. Praise God. And in closing, the fourth son of Issachar. His name is Jashub. Some translated earlier as Job. You can find it again in Numbers 26. You can find it in 1 Chronicles. But Jashub. Jashub. A man of understanding. His name literally means he will return. We need to live with an understanding that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming and He's coming very soon. Revelations 3.11 Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. It was said earlier this morning, we need to have a sense of urgency because of the times that we are living in. Jesus is coming back. John 9 and 4, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. We are living on borrowed time. It's for a limited time only. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One taken and the other left. Watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord come. But know this. You need to have an understanding. Understand this. That if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Can I tell you? Jesus Christ is coming, and I must be saved. I would, if. What I, I pray that you, everyone here this morning has a fresh understanding that. 
God is coming back very, very soon, and I must be saved. You must be saved. I wouldn't leave this house this morning unless I knew I was right with God. Let's stand this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5. But of the times, everybody say times, and the seasons. Brethren, you have no need that I write unto you for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord, you have an understanding that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, and are not in darkness. You, you're, we are not in darkness. We're children of the light. God has given us understanding that that day, should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We need to be like the sons of Issachar and have an understanding of the times and to know what we ought to do talking just this last week about the importance of discernment and having a discerning spirit and be able to discern there's a lot of whims out there there's a lot of doctrinal I pray God gives us godly discernment and understanding we study the word we heard about this morning that we get understanding for ourselves so that we know how we ought. If you have the understanding, if you do, if God revealed Himself in this house this morning, and said, Apostolic Rock Church, I just want you to know I'm coming back tonight at 6 o'clock. Time shall be no more. If we had that kind of understanding, how would you plan the next few hours? we'd probably just have an all afternoon prayer meeting and between now and then we'd probably be driving calling texting everyone we knew you've got to get right you've got to get right God give us an understanding the hour of the age we are living. And not just having an understanding of the times, but having an understanding of what we ought to do. What is it that God is calling you to do in this age?
Young people, I just believe God tarries another 10, 20, 30 years. God has a purpose for each one of your lives. What is God calling you? What is it that God wants you to do? Do you, do you feel, say, God, I just, I just want to be pleasing. If God calls you to ministry, if God calls you, if God gives you understanding in what you ought to do, you ought to throw yourself into it. So God, I pray a fresh baptism of understanding upon everyone here this morning. An understanding of the times we're living in. God, I pray that you would open our understanding. Give us wisdom. For truly therein are the ways of life. And help us to know what we ought. I don't want to tarry long this morning, but I want to I want to open up this altar for just for a moment for anyone, for anyone that feels a tug of God on your life this morning. And you are feeling like I ought to go to an altar and make things right. Because I have an understanding that I God can save me and wants to save me and I need to be saved and I need to repent and I I need to get right with God. I just want to open the altar right now. Matter of fact, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm talking to someone. I don't know who, but I, I believe there's at least one. And you have an understanding of what you need to do and what you ought to do. I just want to give you an opportunity to do what you ought to do, what God is calling you, drawing you to do. Jesus, help right now. Jesus, help right now. In Jesus' name, bless them right now. Someone responds right now. In their heart, Lord, you're drawing them in their heart. As they respond to you, I pray, God, you respond to them. And if there's anyone else this morning that would just want to come and kneel or stand, because you feel like God is, you, you, you feel a tug in a direction, the direction you ought to go. Pray, come, receive them power from on high, be empowered by the gift of the Holy Ghost, new touch, new fresh touch of the Holy Ghost, to empower us to do what we ought to do for His glory, for His kingdom, putting His kingdom first in all things. Come on, church, if someone has responded, I pray that, would you find somebody, maybe pray for them, someone's praying, would you pray for them? If you feel led this morning, if, you, if, if anyone feels led, we've got a great service, all service. The Holy Ghost has already moved, but I feel like someone needs encouragement today. Hallelujah. To be empowered again, anew and afresh in the Holy Ghost, to do what they ought to do, because God has given them understanding.